Good morning. <laughs> welcome and welcome online. I'm so excited that I get to be up here with you guys. Um, but I know we prayed a lot, but let's pray again before we start. Father, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this place, God. You are with us, Jesus. And we never, ever want to be in a place without you, Holy Spirit. God, I just pray that we will be tuned into what you're speaking, what you are saying. That any of our, our flesh just get out of the way and be able to hear our Father's voice this morning. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the, your presence. Thank you for this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so, so grateful and blessed to be here. Even yesterday, we were here for um, a ceremony. And, and just when I was, I was like the last one in here. And these are just moments I'm sharing with you that I have with Jesus in here. And I've been here since I was, I don't know, forever. So that's all I can remember is here in the other building, but, but here. And, and just walking through, lights were all off. And I always feel God's presence here. I feel God's presence. And I know it's just a building, and God lives within us, and I know all of that. But man, it is a good place to be in God's presence with each other, with your family. It just brings strength. So, so I'm grateful. I'm just very grateful for this place. Um, but my message for you today is stay hungry. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. And I've got some, I've got some word to, um, to dig in with you, but the hunger is the evidence of humility. When you are humble, you are able to submit to the will of God. You are able to submit to the will of God. Your aim is to listen to him, to respond to him, not just listen, right? With a deep conviction of God's loving kindness. That is a place of humility. That is the evidence of hunger. Being humble before God is the evidence of hunger. Not thinking, oh, I've got this figured out, right? I've got it figured out. Maybe I've been saved my whole life. I already know this. I've read this. We, we, in kids' church, we'll have the funnest, the, the, I love when the kids will say, but I already heard that story. You know, we'll talk about something. I'm like, you got to hear it again. You don't know everything yet about God. You've got to get this word again. So let me tell you, you are not there yet. I'm not there yet. None of us are there yet, right, until we get to heaven. So staying in that place of deep conviction and hunger for God's word, hunger for more every single day. Yesterday's word wasn't enough. As good as that message was last week, staying in Jesus, right, it wasn't good enough. We can't just live by that. We can't live by what I read yesterday. I can't live by that. I've got to eat from the word every single day. So in Deuteronomy 8, two through three, and um, I think they'll have it up there for us. And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, in your mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse three, he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, out of the mouth of the Lord. The word made flesh, Jesus. We've got to know him. We've got to know his word. And he tested us. 
He tested, like he tested them. He wants to know what is in our heart. So to be hungry, to be humble before God is a blessing. He humbled you. He allowed you to be hungry. So God, thank you for your grace and mercy that I get to be hungry for you. He could have easily fed them. So in the, um, in the book of Exodus, I want you to do some homework. So I want you to go and, and write this down and look this up for yourself. Always, always, always go back and look up the word for yourself. Don't just believe what you, you hear someone preach to you. Go and study this word for yourself by personal experience. It says it right there. You've got to know him by personal experience. So he could have easily fed them manna when they were in the wilderness. But he didn't feed them until the 16th day of the second month. And so back in the book of Exodus 16, you can go back and read for yourself when the manna came. But the Israelites were there and wondering. They got freed from Egypt. They got free. They went out. And the thing with, there's so much history there. But they, they would get, you know, just these big, huge miracles. And then they would forget again. And then these big, huge miracles. And then they would forget again. And so they needed to stay hungry. Somebody was not feeding their, themselves. They were not staying hungry for God. They were becoming self-serving. They were no longer able to provide for themselves. Finally, when they ran out of their own resources, they got to a place of blessing. They were no longer providing for themselves. They were in a place of surrender. And that is the best place that we can be. Humbling our heart before the Lord in a place of surrender. And then they saw the glory of the Lord and he fed them 39 years and 11 months manna. He fed them over and over and he provided for them. We cannot live by bread alone, the word says, that our fleshly desires. We can't live just by our flesh. We can't live by our will and our way, only by God's word, only by his word, only by his way. So hunger keeps me in a place of complete dependency on God. Number two, remaining hungry is a place of blessing from the Lord. Manna, manna means what is it? Manna from heaven. So I love this, what is it? God, what is it? So if you can be fed manna from heaven, God's word every day, you stay in a place that says, what is it, God? What is it that you want from me? And only his word can do that. Only his word can cause you to stay in a place that you say every day, what is it, God? What is your will? What is your way today? Because I don't know. I'm in desperate need of a savior. I'm in desperate need of you. I surrender my resources. I surrender my way, my flesh, my will, my desires to be in a place of desperate need for you. And then the manna can come and God will provide for you. Verse three again, it says, he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you manna, a substance which you did not know, nor your fathers know, so that you, he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but every word out of the mouth of the Lord. So what a place to be that we are able to have manna from heaven. So don't, don't get worried when you're not sure what to do and you have like just gone through everything. I don't know what to do anymore. I have listened to every podcast. I've talked to all of my friends and they can't help me. I have watched every TV preacher. I've gone on Google. I went on YouTube. I've done everything I can do. And I'm still empty. I'm still broken. Let me tell you, 
If you're in that place, you're in the perfect place. Because now manna from heaven can come and you can say, I surrender, God. What is it? Your way, your will, not my way. And the blessings can come from heaven. So look out. That is a, the best place to be, to have a personal experience with him. And his desire for each of you and each of us, for me, is to know him in every detail of our life. So um, I want to read you one more verse, and then I'm going to give you a, a, a story here. But in Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. So actively seeking right standing with God. You are hungry. You're going after it every single day, looking for it, going after what do you want from my life, God? Well, when I, um, so it was probably a couple years ago, and I I mean, I know, like, what to eat healthy. So listen to me. You cannot separate. Everything is spiritual. When you've given your heart to Jesus, and if you haven't yet, like, we're going to take care of that today because we are on a mission to make heaven crowded as fast as we can, right? But, but if, um, like, I, everything is everything's spiritual. So spirit, soul, and body, that's how we're made, right? God has made us. And so you can't separate it. Everything is spiritual, Everything that you do, everything you look at, God, God will speak to you. Holy Spirit will speak to you through that if you'll listen to him. And so a few years ago, I think it was like almost two years ago now, I was, I was getting on like a, it was kind of like a family thing I was doing, you know, getting, getting healthy. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get healthy with you, precious. Like, let's do this together. Sue Jordan, like, you guys need to go see her. She's in Avon Lake. Live it well. <laughs> but... Um, so I was like, okay, we're going to do these. We're going to do this together. And so I decided I'm going to be healthy. Like, okay, Holy Spirit was convicting me. I can't just say, oh, you do it. I have to do it with her. Okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I just won't eat as much sugar anymore. Okay, I just won't. I'll just give up a little bit here and there. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just give up a little bit. But as it went on and as time went on and I got, you know, I already knew these things, but as, as I allowed Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, if I do it, you guys do it too. I'm not, I'm not alone up here, and I know that because we're all human beings. But sometimes we don't want to see that side. We're like, shh, Jesus, don't say that. No, don't say that. Don't say that. You need to stop doing that, or you need to stop saying that, or you need to stop eating that. You're like, no, 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 I can have it once in a while. And we are so good at justifying everything, right? We are so good at it. We're so, so good at it. It's not a big deal. That's not going to affect me. I know better. I've been a Christian forever. Hmm. And that is the biggest lie ever. So when I finally, like, surrendered and said, okay, Jesus, I'm doing this and I'm doing all of it. Doing it 100%. I'm giving it all to you. I did not realize how unhealthy I was. When you get in a place in complete surrender for God, you're like, ooh, my flesh stinks. Ooh, what have I done? Ooh, what did I say, right? So now... I found myself, like, so I'll give you the natural and the spiritual together here. I found myself finally, when I got all of the junk out of my system and I started to eat healthy, like, I can't, I can't eat stuff fried anymore. Like, I can't do that. I feel like I'm having like a, I don't know, all my organs are going crazy. Like, ah, they're screaming at me. Don't do that. I can't even eat like sugar anymore. Like, no, don't do that. Even like healthy natural sugar. If I even have a little bit too much of the healthy stuff, I'm just like, whew, I can't do that. And I immediately notice it. 
And I didn't even know before I could eat whatever I want. Well, maybe sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I ate too much. But if you're in a place where what you're consuming is unhealthy for you and it doesn't even affect you, you don't know you're hungry. That's a dangerous place to be. But when you're able to get in that place where you've given everything over to Holy Spirit and you've surrendered every one of your resources and you say, God, test me. See what's in my heart. Humble me. Make me humbled to you, your will, not my will, your way, not my way. And guess what? When you get to that place, you start consuming healthy food, spirit food, more time in God's presence, you can't, you can't have that conversation anymore. That conversation that you're having that's, that's gossip or that's, that's offending his heart, immediately you're like, ooh, oh, that hurt. That hurt my spirit, girl. That hurt me because I know that that hurt him. That thought that comes in your mind of fear or I have to control a situation or I, I, I just, you know, I'm mad at this person or just anything that's, that's not of him, anything, literally anything that's not of him, immediately, oh, that, wasn't, that wasn't healthy. That wasn't for me. I can't, I can't take part in that conversation right away. Like when I, I, I don't know, anything that's even, that's even slightly, you know, just, maybe it wasn't very nice, or if you wouldn't say it in front of that person, you probably shouldn't say it at all, right? Holy Spirit will convict you of that. And so a lot of times we can just go on and on, blah, 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 and just walk away and don't even feel convicted by it. We don't even know that we're not healthy. We don't even know. So we've got to get ourselves in a place that we are hungering for him. I've got to get it out. I've got to get to a place where every, everything in my life is consumed by him, is consumed by the Holy Spirit, every single area, every single space. And you know what? He's so gracious. He's so loving. Because as I slowly got this out of my body and this out of my body, he's like, yeah, see, now I need you to come over here and do this. And now I need you to get further and do that. And now I need you to get healthier and do this. It's the same thing in your spirit. He's so full of grace and mercy. You're like, oh, God, I didn't even realize, like, that that was hurting your heart. I didn't realize that that was, was keeping a wall up between me and your relationship, that I couldn't hear you. I didn't even know I couldn't hear you. And he'll just take it down piece by piece, and he gets closer and closer and closer, and you get to hear his voice more. And every day that manna, God, what is it? What is it that you want from me today? And I'm not satisfying my flesh anymore. You know what? Spiritual starvation is real. A lot of us, if we could look in the spirit and put our spirit eyes on. I get In the kids' church, we do our Batman spirit eyes. You put your spirit eyes on and ask Holy Spirit to show you. Man, I, I think a lot of us will be walking around like the scariest zombie movie ever. Like, I'm barely here. Because I know that, like, they say you can go, like, I don't know, a month or so without food. You guys, I can barely go two hours without something to eat. I am not a good faster. I can't do it. Like, I don't know if that's a word, faster, but I'm not good at fasting. There we go. It's, It's so hard. I just get, like, I really get weak and, like, anxious. And I know we say guys get hangry, but I admit, don't tell my husband I get hangry, too. He, he said to me the other day, 
he was being nice because I think I was like, blah, 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 and just really extra and anxious. And he's like, are you hungry? Can I get you something to eat? Because you haven't stopped. Are you okay? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop judging me. You're mean when you're hungry. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of us are walking around starving our spirit is starving. We are walking around sick. But if we're truly hungry, Holy Spirit will show it to you. He'll show. He's been showing me so much. And I told you, I've been saved forever. And I am not there yet, you guys. I'm not there. So give me grace and mercy too, right? And so he's been showing me little things like, don't let your kids watch that. Don't let that in your house. Don't let that. It might not be bad. I'm not even saying it's bad, but we are coming to a new level. The devil's not playing. We know his time is short. Open your eyes and look around. Open your eyes. Look around. He is giving us a window of time, and I don't think it's very big. I know it's not very big. My spirit has been churning within me, and I know that's the same for most of you. Your spirit is just churning within you, and you know that the return of our Savior is soon. And we've got to pull everybody with us that we can. So we don't have time for compromise. Because we're eating on little junk food, and we're eating our cake, and we're eating our, our, our sugar, and we're walking around. And you know when you eat a lot of sugar, you're just like lethargic, and you can't think, and you're, and you're sick. We're sickly little Christians walking around, eating our cotton candy. That was my go-to at Cedar Point. Love cotton candy. I haven't eaten that in a long time. But eating, eating that, walking around, we're just delirious, not making a difference in the world, not noticing that people are starving and broken and hurting inside. And when they're mean to you, we just get mad back at them. What's wrong with you? Christians too. But really, what that is, is it's a sign of pain. It's a sign of hurt. It's a sign of need. And so when we see people get angry, we see people that, that respond that way, we need to be running to them and saying, what's wrong? What can I do? Where can I love you? Where can I help you? But instead, we're sickly. We're sickly because we're starving spiritually. And we've got to be fed with the word of God so that we have something to give to this generation. And a personal experience with him. Listen, you don't feed your kids broccoli because you want to torture them, right? Parents, I literally hated broccoli when I was little. Like, I remember, I know those moments, like, I don't remember everything from my childhood, but you know you get those moments where you can just see yourself, like you're watching down in a video or something, you're watching a movie, and you see yourself in that place. Like, I see myself sitting at the kitchen table, and my mom making me eat broccoli, and literally going, like you start gagging because it's so bad. And, and now, like, I'm like, come on, really? But no, I was really gagging. And my mom laughing at me. And like, you guys, like, right? You can laugh at your kids now. Like, it's food. Like, it's not killing you. Stop. Eat it. Eat your vegetables. Right, Bev? Eat your vegetables. <laughs> so God's not trying to torture you. Your parents weren't trying to torture you when they were giving you vegetables. They know what is good for you. God's not trying to torture you when he's saying, turn that movie off. He's not trying to torture you when he's saying, get out of that relationship. That is not what I have for you. 
He's not trying to hurt you. He knows what you need. He is a loving Savior. You're not going to let your, your baby, the two little sweet babies in there, you're not going to let your put soda in your baby's bottle, right? That's nonsense. You're not going to do that. And, and God's not going to do that. He's not going to allow you to sit around hurting yourself. He knows what's good for you. He wants you to, um, to live off of his bread alone because he knows what's good for you. He wants you to be consumed with him alone. And number three, hunger will keep you from being complacent and satisfied by this world and your own selfish desires. Because when you're in a place of complacency, you're like, I'm safe in my own abilities. Nah, I don't need anything else. I've got this. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read my Bible. You know what? I can read the Bible app. They got that one verse. That's good. And that's, hey, that's better than nothing. And so if you open that Bible app and you read that word, I am very happy you're doing that. But listen, you've got to get more. It is time for more. There are people that ran to that door, and we've got to disciple them. We've got to disciple them, but we need to be strong in the spirit or we're not able to bring others to heaven with us. We're not able to show them what the word is like and what, what it means to walk a, a Christian life and a follower of Jesus every single day. So we can't stay in a place of complacency. In Luke 15, 11, um, it's the whole, I want you to, there's, here's some more homework for you, Luke 15, 11 through 32. And this is a really um, popular story in the Christian world, for sure. It's the prodigal son. And Jesus would use parables, stories to tell people about the rescuer. I love it because this is about Jesus here. This is about Jesus, the rescuer, the, 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 the son that was sent to save us and to rescue us from our sin. It's a love story. And Luke 15, 11, it says, Then he said, it's so cold in here. Sorry, my nose is running. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them inappropriately said to his father, I love the amplified, the wordy version for girls, right? Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So he divided the estate between them. Look at there. My will, not his. I'm going to stop there just for a second. He said, Father, give me my share. He wanted his way. He wanted his desires. He wanted his will, his flesh to be fulfilled. He became complacent. He was in a safe place. He was in his father's house. He was where he was supposed to be. But he said, you know what? I'm going to live off of my abilities. I'm going to live off of my way. I don't need this anymore. And he lived comfortably there. But he was no longer satisfied with what his father had for him. Living under his authority and his will, he became complacent. And we do that when we fulfill our own fleshly desires. When we said, I don't need this God. I can do it myself. I can figure this out. I can, I can go and, and figure this out on my own. And in Luke 15, 13, it says, A few days later, the younger son gathered together everything that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he wasted his fortune in reckless and immoral living. Complacency is dangerous, church. Because we need to stay and remain 
in our need of our Savior. Stay in a place of need for your Savior. When you're satisfied with your own abilities and your own flesh, that's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. And sometimes it starts slowly, right? It's like, well, I'm really tired today. I'm really tired. I was at a trip to hell all night. You know what? I did that for Jesus all night, so I don't have to eat today. But listen, you're starving. You're walking around weak when you don't spend time in God's word. And we have time. We have time. Oh, my gosh, we have time. He's given us so much time. Take out everything else. Think about, like, your first crush, right? That's all you thought about. That is all you wanted to do is be with him or her all the time. That's all you wanted to do. Oh, what are they doing right now? I wonder what they're doing right now. That's all you thought about. Let's make him our first love again. Let's make him our first crush again. That that is all that will satisfy me. That is all... All I want, that's the only place I want to be because it's dangerous to be complacent in what, what we want in our own desires. Number four, hunger releases the capacity to dream again. This is a good place to be because you are able to dream again when you are relying on Jesus, when you're relying on your heavenly father, when you're relying on his will, his word, and not your own in Luke 15, 15 through 20, it says, So he went and forced himself on one of the citizens of that country who, went with, sent, who sent him into the, his fields to feed pigs. He would have gladly eaten the carob pods and the pigs were, bet, sorry, I can't read today, that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger. And no one was giving anything to him. But, verse 17, but when he finally came to his senses, his true self, it's time for you to come to your true self, church. Every single one of you in here and watching online, whether you have a personal experience with him yet or not, you were made for him. That is your true self. That is your true self. And we, you need to come alive to God. Come alive to him. Come back to your senses. So he said to himself, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough food while I am dying here of hunger? So he's sitting here having this conversation with himself in the pig pen, right? He's sitting there in the mud, and he's dreaming again. He got to a place of surrender, and he got to a place where he said, I have no resources left. So if you're in that place, oh, you are so blessed. You are so blessed to be in a place of starvation right now. Don't get worried don't be afraid of that pain that you're going through because God can take that pain and he can fuel your passion for his kingdom with it. And he can take it and do it for you, but do it for everybody else that's around you and your family and your friends and your sphere of influence. And so he said, I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So look at verse 17 again. He dreamed again. He imagined what he would say upon his return. So hunger will help you dream again. It will help you to dream again and come to your senses of who you are when he finally surrendered. And I love verse 18. He says, I will get up and go back to my father 
and repent. God, I have sinned against you. Church, be teachable. We don't have time. Listen, I don't care what you did. He, does, he already knows what you did anyways. This is the funniest thing that when people will say to me if they, you know, maybe they're not churched or whatever that word means. And, and they'll, say, they'll say a bad word in front of me like I'm anybody. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. I'm like, why are you worried about me? I'm not anybody. He's the one that hears you. Like that's between you and him. You don't have to worry about me. You're offending him. And I appreciate the respect. It's respect. And that's a good thing. But, but him, he's the one. Listen. It doesn't matter what you've done. He sees it anyway. He sees it. I'm not your judge. I didn't die for you. And neither did anybody in here. He's the one that you have to worry about. He's the one that you have to have your heart right with. And he already knows. He's just waiting for you to give it to him. He's like, can you just give it to me? Can I just help you? Do you know how painful it is to sit there and watch a toddler put their sock on when you have to go and you're already late? Right? Moms, dads, grandmas, aunts, uncles, babysitters. It's so painful. But you're like, oh, I got to teach them. I got to let them learn how to do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then they twist it. And then they take it off. And they do it again. And they're like, the toes aren't right. That's what Masi does every time. The toes aren't right. They're bothering me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're late. We got to go. Just put this on for you. He's sitting there like, please, just let me help you. I love you too much. But he's not going to force you. He loves you too much. He wants it to be a real relationship. He wants you to give him your heart, your will, surrender all to him. And so repentance right here in verse 18. This is so exciting. It brings restoration. So you can't have restoration until you have repentance. And I mean an everyday kind of repentance, an every moment kind of repentance. Church, I firmly believe in my spirit. That every breath we take is a gift right now. Every breath. The next one, we could be before our Savior. Any moment, he could be coming. Any moment. It's in the word. Look. Read the word. Read it. It's in the word. Look on the news, man. I'm like, my gosh, we're watching an end time movie every single day. Every day. My God. I don't want to think bad about them. I don't want to talk bad about them. I don't want to hurt your heart. I don't want to not have time to get in my word. I don't have time for that movie. I don't have time for that music. And I like movies and music. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. I'm not being religious. That's not what I'm doing. I'm talking about a relationship with him. That you know your savior. And I can have fun and jump around and act crazy with kids and do all of that. And then be right militant and ready for my savior at any moment. Because he's in that too. But we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready at every moment to only depend on the word of God, to only depend on what he wants, to be so hungry and consumed every area. I was sick a couple weeks ago. Man, I, I never, I always say I never get sick because I really don't. I'm with, I think I got a good immune system from teaching so many years. But, and eating healthy. That is very good. That's very important. I'm going to tell you that right now. You need to get healthy. That will help you fight off sicknesses. But, I remember laying in the bed, and I'm like, I, and I know that it's these places. It's those places in the wilderness that I'm like, God, I don't want to be sick. Like, I don't have time for this. It, we just, nobody has time for that, right? So I'm laying in bed, and I was so sick. I even had a fever. I never, like, have fevers. I'm like, what is going on? But I could just hear Holy Spirit say to me, I need you to be completely dependent upon me. 
dependent and consume. I just kept hearing, dependent and consume. Dependent and consume. And he said, consume every place. Every place. All of them. And I don't know what that is for you. I know what that is for me. But you have to allow Holy Spirit to show you. And it happens sometimes faster, hopefully, right? But it happens every time you're in your word. Every time you're thinking about him. Don't turn it off. It's not just for the morning. It's all day long. It's all day long. Take him in every relationship. Take him in every thought with you. Take him in the movies with you. Nope, can't watch that. Get up and walk out. Because if it's hurting your spirit and you've been eating healthy, you've been eating healthy from the word, it's going to offend your spirit and you're not going to be able to consume it. So he finally became, came back to his father and it put him in a position. Verse 19, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. Man, I love that part. And they have a renewed relationship. He was still a long way off. He was still a long way off, but he was turned in the direction and his father saw him. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do is just turn in his direction and he comes running to you. Just give him your heart. And you don't have to do anything else. You know why? Because it's not about us. We didn't do anything. We can't do it. You cannot do anything else. Do you know how many times I've heard people say, I'm going to get right. I can't go to church until I get right. That is the goofiest thing ever. Like, you can do something. You did nothing. You can't do anything. I can't do anything. It is by his grace. It is by the blood. Right? All you can do is surrender your will to him and give it to him. God, your will. Make me hungry. What is it? Give me your manna. What is it? What is it today that you're saying in your word? Hunger will push you outside of what seems safe and come back to your father. There was a, a, one of the, a, there's many, many of these stories, but quickly, I'm getting ready to close too, so I know it's getting long. But there was a girl um, in Haiti that, that really, really captured my heart. There's so many of them. All of them captured my heart, but she was one of them that just, oh, still don't know where she is today. But um, she, hunger, it will make you do some crazy stuff, right? It will make you do crazy stuff. And that's what we need to be, church. We need to be in a place of doing crazy stuff for Jesus, for the kingdom, going after people because they're desperate for God. And she came from a line of people that stole. That's where she came from. And her mom, she became an orphan because her mom was so hungry that she was running because she had stole food. And she was running and got hit by a car in the street. And hunger will drive you to do desperate things. And then later she got caught stealing because she was hungry and got kicked out and, you know, for other things and just, but just not, you know, the wrong kind of hunger. But you know what? Hunger will push you to your Savior. It will cause you to become desperate for your Savior. It will put you in a place that you are dependent only on him. So how do I stay hungry? Consume all that you possibly can of him in every area of your life, in your thoughts, in your words, in your senses, 
It's that simple, you guys. It's that simple. It's not that hard. The Bible says faith like a child. It's not that hard. We make it hard because we try to put ourselves in it. I can do this. It's not that hard. But slowly, as you get to know him more, and you come closer, and you come closer, and you come closer, nothing else will satisfy. It will wake you up in the morning. You can't even sleep in. It's like, oh, no one's awake yet? I get so excited. I'm like, he's not awake yet? Yes. I'm talking about Masi, not Troy. But he's not awake yet? I can run downstairs, and I can get my word, and get all alone with Jesus. Yes, it's the best place to be. He will wake you up in the morning. You cannot stay away from him. It is so exciting. The more you get of him, the more you want. And the more you want, and the more I want you to have of him, and the more I want you to have him. You can't sit around and watch people not know him because it breaks your heart, because it breaks his heart. The more you get. So how do I stay hungry? I consume all of that I can in every area of my life, spirit, soul, and body. Like when I eat Mitchell's, that is my favorite ice cream. I miss Mitchell's, you guys. I miss it. I haven't had it in two years. Pray for me. But one time we were at Mitchell's, and you ever get in line at ice cream place, and you get that one person that's like, you know what, can I test that one? And they test it. No, 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 not that one. Can I, you know, can I test that one too? I'm telling you the truth. We were, one time we were at Mitchell's with a group of friends, and this person literally tested every, every, and the line is growing and growing and growing. I think they tested every ice cream in there. I'm like, seriously? Can we, can I, I know what I want, I know what I want, can I order mine, I know what I want, (laughs) but you know what, that is a good place to be, Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that he is good, taste him, taste and see, he will fulfill every need, he will be there with you in the middle of the storm, we live in a broken world, I can't promise you storms aren't going to come, tests will come, but he is there with you, you're not alone, When you get that phone call, because it comes, it will come. Guess what? He's with you. He's holding you. He's surrounding you. In your job, in your workplace, with your children, in your relationships. He's not ever going to leave you. Taste and see that he is good. He is so good. Allow him to consume every area. God, not my way, not my will but yours. I am in desperate need of a savior. Stay in that place, church. Every single day, stay in that place. And I just have a a closing prayer for you. Let's stand up. Everybody stand up with me. And I know that there's a lot of people in here that already know Jesus for themselves. But what you know right now, it's not enough for the rest of the day. It's not enough for tomorrow and the day after that. It's not enough for those kids in there. Church, we've got to disciple them. We've got to disciple people around us. Because you know what? Your kids are being discipled. They're being discipled. We only get them for an hour and a half about, that's if you come every week, and most of you don't. Don't get mad at me. I know you have things going on. But listen, 
they're being discipled by something and somebody. And we've got to consume every space we can, every space we can in our hearts and in theirs. But if you're not a good teacher because you don't know the word, you can't disciple others. So let's fill it up with Jesus. So let's pray. Everybody lift your hands. I just pray now a divine given ability to hunger for what you've never hungered for before. God, just a craving for your spirit. A craving for your word over your people right now, God. Father, I just pray that they would pull on heaven so strongly that they would pull on your spirit, that they would pull on your will, that they would pull on your way so strongly, Father, that nothing else will satisfy, that everything else will become so yuck, God, that it will just be so distasteful in their life, in their spirit, God, that they will only be able to hunger after you. God, a divine given ability to hunger for only your spirit, Jesus. That our lives become changed by you, Lord. And that atmospheres will change around us, Father. Everywhere they walk, every room that they go into, Father, the atmosphere changes because they're pulling on heaven so strongly that they bring heaven to earth. We surrender to you today, God. We surrender all of it to you. And if you're in this place and you don't know him by personal experience, you don't know him for yourself, you've never asked him to be Lord of your life, I want you to pray with me in church. Pray with us too. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. Make me hungry for you, God. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, show me how to live for you, how to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's make heaven crowded, church. Don't go one day. Don't go one day. I love you. I bless you. I'm praying for you and your families. Praying for God's grace over your life. God's goodness over your life. Live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Our altars are open if you want to come up for prayer. If you need to come up for salvation. But go out today hungry for Jesus. Hungry for Jesus. God bless you.